afternoon, esteemed guests, lovely members of the virtual audience, and welcome to Oregon City Literature Fest 2020. The session will be of 40 minutes, and the topic is Historical Fiction, a sneak peek into the past. For this amazing session, we have guests. We have our guests. First, Ma'am Nandaki Sen Gupta, a Pondicherry-based journalist and writer who has several fiction and non-fiction to her title. Her first historical fiction title for young readers was the story of Kalidas. The gem amongst poets hit the stands last December and her next book will debut this November. Currently, she is uh, researching medieval India for a narrative of historical non-fiction book for Penguin India. Welcome, ma'am. Our second guest is Ma'am Parvati Sharma, a Delhi-based author. Her debut was a collection of short stories called The Dead Camel and Other Love, Other Stories of Love. She also has a novel written, Close to Home, two books for children. Story of Bounds and Rattu and Puri's Adventure in History, 1957, and a historical biography. Jahangir, an intimate portrait of the great Mughal publisher. Welcome, ma'am. Next, we have Mopia Basu, who has worked as a journalist in, with various esteemed newspapers and has written a variety of topics. Her debut book, Coca, was published in 2015. Her books, The Queen's Last Salute and Anarkali and Selim, a retelling of Mughlai Azam, were bestsellers. Mopia believes that objectives of historic fiction writers should be to bring alive certain aspects of history and not change it to present and enhance what's there and pull it out from the layers of obscurity. We welcome you, ma'am. Our next guest is Sir Weber Purandare. He began his journalistic career with the political magazine Blitz in 1993. He has since worked with India's leading newspapers, such as the Indian Express, the Asian Age, Daily News Analysis, and apart from that, he has written for a host of other publications. His first book, The Senior Story, was published in the year 1999, when he was only 22. His second book, Sachin Tendulkar, A Definitive Biography, is now into its fifth edition. He is currently a senior associate editor with the Hindustan Times, Mumbai. We are deeply privileged to have all of our guests in this panel today. This panel will be moderated by none other than Sir Naveen Chaudhary, who is the author, who is an author and satirist. His political thriller, Janta Store, is soon going to be adapted into a web series. He works as an associate marketing director at Oxford University Press and leads social science discipline marketing globally. Now, I hand it over to you, Sir Naveen, spotlight is all yours. Thank you, Anishi, and uh, welcome everyone, all the panelists. So I'm an author, I'm first a marketer, and uh, surrounded by so many journalists, I'm a bit scared. So, But at the same time, I think journalists are one who actually give you insights of a lot of things. And today, when we are talking about historical fiction, so history is something which where I slept in the class, but fiction is something which always excited me. So today, uh, we're talking about historical fiction, which is, which is a very interesting topic. A sneak peek into past, so we are not going that much into past. We are trying to understand 
understand from these authors how they see historical fiction and what are the areas, what are the topics, which, how they select the topic, different aspects of it. And the interesting part of this panel is everyone is not just a fiction writer. We have Webhau who wrote nonfiction and uh, not just Sachin Tandurkar, Savarkar, Bal Thakre, so a lot of things. So we have different perspectives. So let me start, Nandini, with you. I was going through one of your interviews and I read uh, that you visited some place and then you started researching and then found that you should you got inclined more to historical fiction. Normally, what happens with the kind of uh, profession we are being a journalist, you have access to different kind of topic and a lot of things you can write. So what really made you into historical fiction, how you moved into this side? Thank you so much, Naveen. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say that it is an absolute honor to be um, on this platform and uh, sharing this platform with such esteemed uh, speakers. Um, you know, my journey into historical fiction, general and history in particular, began uh, with a uh, with a weekend holiday. My husband and I we we took a weekend break. Uh, about 10, 12 years ago, and uh, we decided to go to Aurangabad, to Ajatta Ilora. And at that point, you know, I'd I just like to say that I'm not a student of history. Uh, I did I read English literature in college, and, and by profession, I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm a hack. Uh, I'm not a historian. Uh, but when I went to uh, Ajanta and I saw those pictures and I looked at those people and, and it left me absolutely, you to use a very American term, smack. Uh, I sort of looked at them, you know, men and women, uh, just like me, they, they looked at us, you know, uh, and they were in some really exotic and some exotic clothes, and, and I wonder, I said, you know, who are these people? Uh, how come we don't really read about them when we are in school? Like you, you know, when I used to be in school, I used to find history terribly boring. Uh, so, you know, I suddenly wonder that, that there's, there's a lot about my past, my heritage that I didn't know anything about. And, and when I came back, I quickly Googled, like all good journalists, and came across uh, and this historian uh, called Walter Swink and, and asked him, and, and he was so surprised, you know, he said, but this is your heritage. Why don't you know anything about it, you know? And, and that sort of started off, and for the next 10 years, I just read history for fun. And the more I read history, the more I realized that what they don't tell you in classrooms is that history is about the story. Uh, his story, her story, our story, and uh, now in my new book, their story. You know, the story of animals as well. Right. Uh, that's, what, that's what my journey has been. This is 5,000 years plus history, a uh, lot about historical characters, different time periods, and uh, uh, different uh, kind of incidents. So how actually you filter out what kind of thing you want to put in your fiction and how you want to connect it so that it can connect with the audience. And there are different kind of periods. So is there any specific period which is very much close to you through which that you actually... Uh, you know, yeah. 
Uh, you know, that's a, that's a very nice question, actually. When I started out, I, I have been for a, for a long, long time, uh, although I'm here in the 21st century, effectively, I've been living in the past. Um, and my husband, my late husband, used to joke that uh, there are there are two people in our marriage, he, me, and Devraj Chandragupta Vikramaditya, who was the hero of my first novel, The King with him. <laughs> Uh, I find ancient India fascinating. I've uh, researched third, fourth, and fifth century India for ten years. Um, but you know, off late for the for the blue horse for my new book, as well as for the book that I have now been commissioned to do, which I'm working on of penguin. Uh, I'm looking at medieval India as well. So I find that there are so many hidden gems, uh, you know, hiding, you know, in, in our past. And while I, I find ancient India still very, very captivating, particularly because we were such a, such a glorious uh, people, our, our, our society, um, economically, culturally, uh, in terms of literature, in, in every respect, art, architecture, uh, we had reached a pinnacle. So in a sense, uh, if, if that was the first spring, then medieval India is probably the second mm -hmm. spring. So there, you know, there's a lot to discover. Uh, my yeah. first love uh, will always be ancient India, but now I'm discovering a new love as, mm -hmm. I, as I begin my research, my new love. Medieval. Yeah. Great, thank you, Nandini. Uh, Mopia, coming to uh, this point, when which uh, continuing question which I asked uh, Nandini. Uh, so your book is on Lakshmi Bai, and I read one of your interviews where you watched Manikarnika, Thanks of Hindustan. You discussed about the movie, and for me, a lot of historical fiction which came into movies they always became a lot controversial and always accused of misrepresentation of facts when we are talking about fiction it is something where you are taking historical plot or the time period or sometimes character like nandi is taking vikraman so how how you actually work out how you weave the story uh, so that you ensure that there is no misrepresentation of facts that is not if, uh, negatively impacting any character at the same time your fiction, your story, the story which you are weaving is coming out in an interesting way. Okay, like as we were talking a little while ago, yeah. uh, you know, making a movie on history, on historical characters is vastly different from writing a book. I mean, I don't know whether this would, you know, be a writer. So I, I wouldn't really go with the filmmakers because I have been truly disappointed Whenever I've gone to watch a historical, especially our, you know, in our cinema, Indian cinema, especially a Bollywood cinema. So I will not really like to get into that space, Naveen, because uh, I'm not really equipped to talk about uh, film, filmmaking and how um, how much they really stick uh, to the, uh, how authentic they are, how much they stick to facts. Because, again, it differs from director to director. There are some directors. Like Mr. Benegal, uh, you know, for instance, Sean Benegal, uh, some of his historical um, films are pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, authentic, pretty, pretty much sticking to facts. But uh, I would rather talk about uh, writing historical fiction. Uh, first of all, the moment the premise is a book, the moment you're writing for a book, uh, the research widens. I mean, you you tend to 
get into uh, tend to start researching much more. Uh, but there is always uh, you have to be uh, very clear uh, as to what you are reproducing. So not everything that is chronicle of contemporary historians is correct because they, like I said, they had their own agenda. You know, the official chroniclers of certain dynasties, of certain kings, empires. So, like for instance, uh, the Burnama, like a lot of us here are writing on medieval. Uh, my next book is also, the one President Commission is also on medieval India. Part of this written on medieval India, another will be writing. So, um, we all know, we are all, we've all referred to, say, for instance, the Akbarnama. Akbarnama was. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, of course, it was a very vivid description of the times then, but it was also like a homage paid to Akbar mm -hmm. because it was commissioned by Akbar. So it depends on um, from chronicler to chronicler. So sometimes foreign travelers, they have their own viewpoint. They gave a very different perspective. Uh, official chroniclers gave a very different perspective. In fact, my next book would be, uh, uh, you know, exploring uh, a controversial uh, love story, historical love story. So, controversies abound our, our historical space. So, we have to be very clear what we are taking out, what we are culling, you know, out from that huge, uh, vast canvas that we are using with. I think there's a problem with the audio. There's a lot of disturbance. Some disturbance, which I'm also feeling. Yeah. So, uh, it is, uh, like historical fiction, you can take certain creative liberties, which is not the case with uh, non-fiction. So you weave in characters, incidents, events, keeping the backdrop, keeping the historical calendar, you know, very much in perspective. You can't mess with uh, the dates. You can't mess with certain historical major events which change the course of history. What you can perhaps change, enhance, or you know, dramatize for effect is the story. So that is the uh, advantage fiction writers have, historical fiction writers have over non-fiction writers, I think. Parvati and Weber would be better able to throw light on that. Nandini and I, I think Nandini would agree with this, that fiction writers have a certain advantage over non-fiction writers because we can play around with the characters. Like I said, not with events, not with major historical, not with the date line. But we can play around with the characters, we can enhance, we can dramatize. That is the advantage fiction writers have over non-fiction writers who have to really stick to the hard facts with us. So I, I think they'll be able, better be able to answer. Definitely. Uh, so I think, uh, so I had similar kind of thought for Vaibhav, but before that I want to check with Parvati and then I will go to Vaibhav. Parvati, uh, what you have wrote is about the children, so this is not uh, fiction, but it is written in a different way. You have set up some fictional characters through which you are telling story and the books are very much written for the children. Uh, coming to this point, uh, I, I want to understand from your side children who sleep in history class. So that is the most common joke that we see. So how, how do you think uh, this can be made very interesting for the children in the history class? The way you are writing, why that kind of thing cannot be adapted into the schools, into the curriculum? Why curriculum need to be so boring? Uh, 
thank you, thank you, Naveen, and uh, thank you first of all to festival for inviting me and being a regard I just want to say that uh, I write both uh, historical non-fiction and fiction fiction. I write for children, but maybe not so much. Uh, there are certainly not fiction characters, but there are historical characters. Uh, it's not fiction, but maybe it's more introduction to these people. You know? So in one sense, in one book, there's some kind of introduction to Harvard, uh, and then the other book, uh, more recently, I've written about some of the people who were part of the 1837 uh, rising against the East India Company. So, uh, so just, just like that, I think what you're saying is, I think, you know, Which are both, everyone is very scared of approaching and providing much as possible. And I think it's because both are not in abstraction. So you learn that formulas, you know, square to be square, whatever, who knows what that means. Or you learn certain things, you know, you learn seven, you think 26, whatever. All these jokes and moons, some balance, some this, some that. Also in the 1857, there's 
Sorry, so, <laughs> so just uh, thank you, thank you, Parvati. And uh, OCRF team just wanted to tell you there was some kind of disturbance in the audio which we all felt. Uh, still, I was still, some still there is something, yeah. yes. Uh, now I am able to get a lot of things from Parvati. Webho, uh, Parvati, Parvati shared that a lot the way story is told, that way we share a story that made it interesting and similarly for writing a non-fiction or a biography i think that is something which you do a lot of authors non-fiction uh, writers or biography writers they do that but at the same time what mopia was saying or nandini they can play with their characters but that is not the liberty with a writer who is writing a biography if you're writing something about baltakre or savarkar you don't have that liberty but my experience about reading biographies are i i always felt that whenever someone is writing a biography they do write about negative side positive side but somewhere they fell in love with that character and they get very much softened on uh, the negative side of that character does it happen with everyone or it is just what 10 15 books i read it happened just there so does it happen with you also <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting question uh Firstly, I'm not a historical fiction writer like uh, Maupia and Nandini are historical fiction writers. Parvati has written both historical fiction and non-fiction. Uh, so I'm a non-fiction writer, like you correctly said. And uh, what I feel is that as a biographer, uh, one has to constantly make an effort to keep a distance from the subject. Now, you will inevitably... start getting closer and closer to the subject the more you look into a subject that is that is unavoidable so you have to make a conscious effort to step back and to look at things a little more objectively and from a distance and to ensure that there is some sort of balance uh now some biographers 
do fall into the trap of uh, getting too sympathetic about the subject uh, some biographers set out to write a sympathetic work and there are some who are the truth you know i i believe that the job of a biographer is to seek the truth does that mean that uh, you do not take a position no that does not mean that you can take a position but at the same time you can be truthful so for example uh, just to give an example uh, you know of the of uh, a subject that i have dealt with savarkar you know he is a highly controversial uh, historical figure and you hear uh, you know uh, extreme views about him he evokes extreme opinions you know he's either a national hero or he's a national villain is either a revolutionary freedom fighter or he is a person who wrote apology letters and mercy petitions to the british you know he is either completely anti british or during the quit india movement period he is depicted as somebody who was a british collaborator so what's the truth about savarkar you know what i feel is this sort of this sort of a response you know these kind of disparate responses actually make a historical figure even more fascinating you know they, they do they do become extremely interesting because why do people look at them in this manner so the idea is to look at the complete historical personality you know with all their gray shades black white gray all of them and and tell the reader a story that is engaging and that is honest you have you, you may bring in your own opinions uh, into the picture which is inevitable which is unavoidable because like the great historian eh carr said all fact is interpretation because even as a historian when you are writing facts or what you believe, what you say are facts you are choosing those facts now there may be hundreds of facts that you know parvati may have come across you know when she was writing about jahangir or i may have come across when i was writing about savarkar but i selected some and wrote about them so facts are also interpretation or when a newspaper writer goes out and uh, goes out to report something you know various people write the, their reports in different ways for me something will be the introduction the first paragraph for nandini something else may be the the first paragraph that is because we are interpreting an event in a particular manner so it is a fascinating process but once approach depends on i think i think a lot of intellectual honesty is necessary and i for this i'm i'm not uh, speaking from a position of a, you know high moral authority or anything because you know one is constantly struggling with that you know you know you are critical towards a subject you know you are sympathetic towards a subject so one has to be aware and constantly try and be as fair as possible to the subject as well as to the reader because you know you have to give a complete picture to the reader so it's a constant struggle and it's a struggle that everybody wages uh, you know with his or her own strengths and you know weaknesses and ability etc uh, etc at the same time i feel the society that you live in is also very important you know for instance western society has for a long time been extremely liberal so you can have a frank and free exchange of highly controversial opinions as well in india 
we have always been a little sensitive and uh, so that sensitivity uh, comes in the way of uh, free and frank expression sometimes sometimes a history writer or a historical fiction writer may want to approach certain subjects or touch upon some certain subjects but if you look if you you know think about the ramifications or the consequences you might well might as well take a step back so it is a combination of factors that leads to you know what one uh, finally writes uh, and i mean there are various considerations that writers may have sometimes it is outright fear and you know let us admit that there is outright fear i think we we'll be... I, i just want to add one one more point uh, to yeah. this uh, and my question which i was planning yeah. to make a second question but somewhere you are so much close Sorry. to that so i i just want to add into your so that you can answer uh but i was reading reviews of savarkar i found uh, uh some very great reviews some were actually bashing you and the very interesting part was uh all the media houses which did that they have a reputation of taking a particular side so do you think there is a popular opinion and as a publisher because this question is asked to us also do you think while writing uh this any these kind of opinions actually impact uh how the media will see how your all other colleagues will see what kind of review it is going to get and of course the threat if you are writing about the political person then of course yeah. there is another threat so how much that impact is also if you can get some detail about that also i think i think the reviews of uh, the savarkar book also reveal how uh, you know he, uh, people see him uh, you know with with these extreme positions you know so uh if i say a word that is uh, sympathetic about savarkar i am attacked for being pro savarkar if i write a word that is critical of savarkar then i am attacked for being anti savarkar now that is that is uh, another interesting position that one finds oneself in and savarkar is a man of extremes and he himself is a very complex and contradictory figure you know he is a revolutionary uh, hero uh, yeah, you know and i completely disagree with uh what for instance somebody like rahul gandhi says that you know he was busy writing apology letters to the british while nehru and gandhi were sleeping on the dirt floor of a cell you know uh, i do not uh, subscribe to the opinion that you know nehru's and gandhi's contribution is in any way less than that of anybody else but i do not subscribe to the view either that savarkar was you know was not a freedom fighter then there are views on savarkar's hindutva i have certain disagreements with savarkar on the issue and i feel that he does take very extreme positions at times so one agrees with certain things that savarkar has done one disagrees with certain things that savarkar you know has done that does not make one pro or anti savarkar so it it is it is a so the uh, the reviews that you have referred to they have perhaps they might have you know and it and i i feel that i you know i would welcome any kind of review yeah. i'm used to getting bashed i've even been physically bashed by the shiv sena you know so you know being bashed in print is perfectly all right far better so one doesn't mind being bashed one does not mind being uh, praised uh, at all but uh, so long as 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 the reviewer's approach is fair but you know once views are colored Uh, and that's okay you know one has to welcome uh, both both things it just yeah, it yeah, just shows I... actually how how uh, interesting some of our historical figures are 
that you know they have started evoking these kind of reactions i completely agree and uh, when uh, so we were talking about i i'm also looking at the clock so i will speak less and i'll come back to the question so nandini coming back to you uh, we all talked about uh, now about historical figures maybe in fiction or non fiction but your upcoming book which is uh, on the animals so this, how how do you actually see that this point of view because till now before before uh, knowing about your book any time when i think about historical fiction or non fiction i always think about the figures about person but not about any animal so how how this different point of view and is there many more about it uh thank you thank you navin um, actually you know uh, i love animals uh, and, and i love history so this this book was uh, like coming together of the two things that i find interesting and worth fighting for but uh, you know uh, the interesting thing about writing uh, historical fiction and i would agree with vaibhav here that including not just historical fiction but also narrative history piece which vaibhav and parvati are writing the interesting thing is that you know it gives you the ability more for fiction less for non fiction but still the ability to kind of put a camera you know on the head of a of a character and and flip the scenario um, i would here like to refer to one of my favorite historical fiction writers uh, two time booker prize winner hilary mantel uh, what she did was she put the camera on thomas cromwell's head you know and so the whole picture instead of being looked at through the eyes of anne boleyn or henry here we are looking at the whole scene through the eyes of thomas cromwell i was trying to do the exact same thing with uh, the blue horse and other amazing animals from history mm. see you know some of the characters over here we've all heard about them you know rana pratap shivaji uh, akbar uh, alexander you know very well known uh, people but the the point is that every time you talk about them uh, you look at what they went through you know battle of haldi ghati battle of narai nala you know they very famous battles but you look at it from the perspective of the human the human hero but the truth is that they much of what they did in battle would not have been possible without their favorite horse their favorite mm -hmm. elephant sometimes a favorite dog sometimes even a favorite parrot you know so favorite falcon and so on so these people kind of remain in the background they never come to the foreground but they would have had an equally important role right, right. i mean chetak played a huge role in the battle of haldigati so so in this book i had a bit of fun because i sort of flipped the narrative and looked at the same things from the point of view of the animal thank you thank you nandini uh mope coming to you uh i i was reading in your interview again this question is coming from your interview you traveled a lot when you were writing about rakshmibai to ocha and here i want to ask you to for for the writers young writers who want to write more about it what are what is the artistic process which you follow or you suggest them so that while writing a historical fiction they can intervene the fictional real character and how much is 
importance of research is part of it even nandini when she talks about chetak and everything so this somewhere comes through the research because we normally don't think about that part so how do you uh, suggest any young author who want to write historical fiction uh, you are on mute yeah all right Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now, just uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, taking it up from where we have uh, spoke about, uh, you know, a certain uh, character uh, uh, who you're writing about uh, has been viewed uh, in different ways. You know, interpreted in different ways. Uh, this is um, uh, very interesting. It becomes a little difficult for the writer because when I was, for instance, dealing with Rani Lakshmi, there was a controversy about her as to you know there was this huge incident. Uh, where 65 Britons were killed in Jokhambhav. Jokhambhav was a huge massacre. Okay, and the British had taken shelter the women and children and men. I've 65, 66 of them, and the entire lot was wiped out at one go. Okay, there was no mercy. So there has been a lot of uh, you know debate as to what kind of a role Lakshmi had played in that massacre. So now when I wanted to reproduce that in my book, for instance, which is of course a, a as they call it a faction, a fictional narrative of that event of the 1857 mutiny, I was actually you know I hesitated because Lakshmi is such a revered figure. You know, in, not only in Central India and Jhansi, but if you go all over the country, I mean, you can't mess with her image. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the, uh, you know, uh, foreign uh, uh, writers, foreign researchers, who are biographers of Lakshmi uh, Raina Zerosh, she has written in her book uh, that uh, Lakshmi had this, you know, uh, she was a young widow. So she used to tie up her white sari in a very sensual way whenever she met the British delegates, you know. So now, for instance, I actually, you know, I was scared to even touch upon that. Can you imagine a mid 19th century widow who is revered, who's worshipped by her subjects, still date. She is not just a historical figure, she's a cult figure. I cannot write about her tying her sari in a sensual manner to, you know, facilitate uh, the proceedings of a particular discussion and, uh, you know, in, in her uh, in, uh, favor. So, I did not touch upon that, but there are aspects like that. So, when you ask, what do you leave and what do you take? So, you have to be very careful what Vaibhav said, this is India. We have to be very careful because there are, it's a very volatile country and the slightest can set up. And I do not want to be pushed up, Vaibhav. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, I have to be very careful. Similarly, uh, when I wrote Anarkali and Salim, incidentally, this was a play which was written by Taj Imtiyaz Ali, a resident of Lahore. Uh, who was I, I would just add one more question which came from the audience and because this is somewhere close to this, the point which we are discussing. It is how does one differentiate between enhancing historical stories, taking complete creative liberty? So because you are talking something on the similar sorts, I thought I would just add on this question also. See, that's answer. a creative process. I mean, there are no do's and don'ts there. You pick up a certain incident, a certain event, historical event, and you build a story around it. You add characters. Uh, the way so that those characters will take the story forward without messing with the actual events. So now, for instance, Taj Ali, when he wrote the basic play uh, uh, on Anarkali and Salim, he was very influenced by the Western prose 
romantic prose, which was the flavor of the season in the West that time. You know, drama. So he wrote about uh, Akbar, you know, being this cruel despot uh, who um, entombed this young girl alive. Now that went, went down very well with the British because this was right post, uh, uh, I think half a century after 1857 mutiny, where the British wanted to give the impression that we are, uh, we are civilizing this extremely brutal country. You know, you have brutal rulers like Alpar who are entombing live people, you know, and we are here to civilize the Indians. So it went very well with them. But there were a lot of Indians who did not like this portrayal of Alpar. You know, Akbar was considered a very uh, magnanimous, a very, you know, uh, uh, a person, a king who was uh, very generous with his mercy. So, Taj Ali was in a fix. So, then what to do? He was a writer as well. So, these are the things we have to grapple with when we are writing. But as a, as a writer of historical fiction, yes, uh, we uh, tread on slightly uh, safer ground, I would say. Uh, without messing with the facts, without, uh, you know, uh, doing anything uh, with the facts, keeping those intact, we take a certain, I would, for instance, if any, anything I feel is uh, sensitive, I'm writing a story, I want to give a glimpse of our history through a form of art that is friendlier, that is friendlier, that you can communicate with. My first book, Hoka, for instance, is about, is written for young adults about stories. All three books of mine are written in different periods of history. So Koka is in the 1940s when India was fighting its own war of independence and the world was engaged in World War II. So what is the take of the common man? So here was Sebastian the was fighting at loggerheads with the International Congress that time. You know, he was the president of the International Congress twice. So what is the take? So what are the children? How are they? You know, the children, the common man then, what was his, uh, you know, feeling? What were his emotions, you know, um, being caught in between these two big battles that were going on? So you have to decide what you want to talk about, how much you want to share, what you want to keep away, and uh, how safe you want to be. So this is a very personal decision, uh, which as a historical fiction writer, I can afford to take. But if I'm writing narrative non-fiction historical stories, I don't think I can afford that kind of luxury to make a choice as to what to say and what not to say. Because there are certain facts which you have to deal with, clinically at least, you know, without getting your emotions involved. So that's that's the way we, we make our individual decisions as writers. Yeah, and whatever we have learned in school about the history, that also makes us like, oh, how they have written this thing, how they played with my character. And coming back to the school again. Yeah. Unengaging. The history yeah. we have read in our textbooks is not comprehensive, not engaging. And all of us here, that is the very our attempt is to make it more engaging, more communicative, and more interesting, more accessible to the common man, especially the children. So, Parvati, this comment of Mopia brings me back to you. And this is a question which came from audience also. The question specifically for you is, can historical fiction facilitate learning for children? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, yeah no, I would say that, and it will be, uh, yes, 
I would say all fiction, any kind of reading can facilitate learning for children. Uh, historical fiction, definitely. And, uh, and I think I would just echo what I was saying you know, earlier that, uh, that, uh, that an ability to access and empathize with historical characters and to understand that And no, we have our time is over, but we have two questions from the audience, which I definitely want to take. And Anushi allowed us if the we have we can quickly finish it. So Webhav, uh, if you can just answer it one one and half minute. Uh, yes. Question from audience for you is: Does does accuracy of historical facts matter in a historical fiction novel? Though it's about novel, but yeah, if you would like to answer. Yeah, uh, quickly, uh, accuracy of historical facts does not matter in a historical novel or in historical fiction. But what matters is whether the story sounds plausible or not. So the background has to be right. The plausibility factor has to be there. You know, uh, I will give you an example of a movie that was made where one major battle in Indian history was uh, shown on screen. Okay. And the reason the forces that were fighting that battle lost the battle was that the battle was being fought on the plains and not in the mountains. Now, the movie showed that the battle is being fought in the mountains. Now, that makes it completely ridiculous. So, the plausibility factor has to be very much there. You know, yeah. the story has to read believable. You can take liberty with facts. And uh, your your limits as a historical fiction writer, I believe, are, as a reader of historical fiction, you know, are, are the limits uh, placed by your own imagination? You know, you can you can take Im your imagination to whatever lengths you want to, provided the story is sounding plausible. You know, it should not sound implausible. But again, you know, like we we you know, there there are no hard and fast rules, like Maupia said. For instance, you know, if three years ago I I had written a short story, a fictional story, saying that you know three years down the line, you know the Shiv Sena has joined hands with the Congress and NCP in Maharashtra, and uh, you know and formed a sort of secular sort of government in single court secular government in Maharashtra, people would have, people would have called me crazy. But things like that happen, you know. So. So uh, you know it, it is it is uh, about plausibility, and at the same time, 
so you can indeed write that story also about the Sena and Congress joining hands, sworn enemies joining hands. But then the trigger has to be convincing. Yeah. That, uh, the precipitant, the factors have to be convincing when you're writing a short, a short story, you know. So I think, I think uh, a writer constantly has to keep in mind, uh, is this story plausible? Is this story plausible? Or am I going to sound, you know, very, very uh, totally unbelievable and, uh, you know, convincing? Uh, you have to convince the reader. So, the point uh, which Webhouse said, it should be convincing. The historical fiction should be convincing. And that is the question which came for you also. What are the key elements of a realistic historical fiction story? And I would just request you to uh, close it in one and two minutes. Thank you, Naveen. Um, you know, my favorite historical fiction writer uh, is Shorudindu uh, Bandupadhyay. Is, uh, he used to write in Bangla, uh, and he obviously is more better known for Bonkesh Bokshi stories. But he said something very interesting, which explains what we are talking about here. He said in historical fiction, the foundation is history. You're building a house. The foundation is history. But the walls, the doors, the windows, the curtains inside, all the furniture, all, all that is fiction. So at the end of the day, it is a story, but it is based definitely in history. Therefore, like Mopia said, you can't, you know, I can't show Devaraja, Chandragupta, Vikramaditya, you know, driving around in a BMW 3 Series. I can't do that, right? It's a question of getting the mission right, getting the plausibility, as, as Vaibhav said, right, and getting your basic his, historical, you know, the, the timeline right. Within that frame, you can play around. Thank you very much, Nandini. And uh, because the time is over, so everyone who is watching, I hope uh, this was a good session for you. Uh, I learned a lot, and for me, it was much better than my history classes. So a lot of things to learn from the authors. Uh, so thank you very much, everyone, who was part of it. Anishri, now it is up to you. Thank you, sir and ma'am, for that delightful discussion. And I am really sure that the audience was amazed to witness it at me, uh, witness it as I was. Uh, I also thank you, publishers, Penguin India and Juggernaut, for all their help, and SGR Knowledge Foundation for organizing this event. I thank personally each and every one of you for accepting this. Uh, accepting your the invitation to this panel and actually sharing your knowledge and experiences with us and uh, lastly i thank the audience for attending with us and i hope that everyone has a great evening ahead uh yes thank you for joining thank you very much bye, -bye. thank you okay, 20 years of existence Two universities, 23 educational institutes, offering 137 courses. Rice Group of Institutions, a vision beyond.